Hello, shiny, happy people. It is Halloween in December. Woohoo! Hooray! And in only a few more weeks, it'll be Christmas. This is true. So, get your food and your trees. Whoop de doo! You know, get the milk and cookies out, get the menorah out, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, go to the Kwanzaa bar, enjoy Kwanzaa things, have a tip-top tap and a solemn, dignified Ramadan. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. Now let's go back in time to a holiday that is not universally celebrated at the end of the year. But should be. Indeed. I mean, we know how I feel about costumes. I think every Friday should be Costume Friday. Well, I mean, like, look at my costume right now. I mean, you people can't see it, but... Uh, oh, it's great. I got told, and I quote, Oh, God, cover up. <laughs> this is what I came up with. So nobody sees this, but um, little Crabsworth Nathan here usually has a beard. Yes. You're in a play. Yes. And you had to shave your beard. I did. Because it's crunch time. We're getting into showtime soon. Two weeks. And yeah, actually, no by beard the time, is weird. Actually, you know what? By the time that this actually gets there, it'll actually be like showtime. Oh, yeah, it will be I, I, I just realized like we're recording these things in advance and then I know our release schedule. And yeah. And it's weird seeing you without a beard for me i don't know what it's like for you looking in a mirror i feel naked you look 10 years younger i know and i feel naked like a naked mole rat yes well on that note um we are here to finish off our treehouse of horror I don't know how naked mole rat switches to not it, you know. Uh, uh, speaking, uh, speaking of naked mole rats, uh, Treehouse presents Not It, which has no naked mole rats in it at all. We have not scoured the background, though, so we're only 99% sure on that. But yeah, uh, awesome segue for me. Yes. Can you, can you save the segue? I don't think you can. So, if you watch Not It, you will feel naked in the way the Crusto kills you. Like a mole rat, scurrying and hoping for the next bit of survival. Okay, that was, that was good. Um, we're doing this episode a little bit differently. So, we're talking about Not It, and then we're going to be going over our top 10 treehouses and then our treehouse segments. Um, I chose to have no overlap. Crabs I chose to have overlap. Yeah, so you get to see both sides of that. Um, and then also we have some awards going on. Yes, um, we do. And we would like to talk about the inaugural Toasty, which I'll be giving oh, out. Oh! The Toasty Award. Oh! Now I gotta ask, is it um, that guy from Mortal Kombat that goes, Toasty! Awards, <laughs> or is it... Uh, is it the dad your head is stuck in the toaster <laughs> it's totally dad your head is stuck in the toaster dad it's in there again <laughs> right. it, it shouldn't be
be that funny, but it is. It's so funny to me. Um, we're also going to do something a little bit different for this uh, review of Not It, but I'll get to that in a minute. So this year, The Simpsons not only gave us Treehouse 33, which uh, we both love. Masterpiece. Yeah, masterpiece. It will be played at Masterpiece Theater in 20 years. Like, that's, it's just great. Um, they also gave us a Treehouse Presents Not It, um, which is their kind of Simpsonified version of It, which is a book by Stephen King and has also had, uh, I think, a made-for-TV movie adaptation and then a two-movie adaptation more recently. Uh, shout out, because the more recent one was filmed in Port Hope, Ontario, which a uh, quarter of my family's from. So watch that movie with people from Port Hope because they will be like, holy shit, I know who lived in that house. I know that street. What the hell? It's hilarious to watch them have their childhood memories brushed with this brush of homicide. So at least for me anyway you're always so wholesome <laughs> oh my god watch you with your families there's only a little homicide <laughs> just a little um so yeah plot line basically is uh these bunch of kids figure out that there's a killer clown thing that comes back, is it every 27 years or something to yes. like homicidally kill a bunch of kids? These kids think that they've ended it all. They grow up, discover that they haven't 27 years later. So they all have to gather back up again and kill the clown. That's basically the plot. I have to say, um, with The Simpsons, there's a couple changes I want to highlight in terms of plot. Uh, first changes. We avoided all the sexual abuse and racism, which yeah. was, I think, ultimately a good choice. <laughs> I don't know if Crabsworth disagrees with no, that. No, I could have handled a little bit of sexual abuse, and I would argue that we got it based off of the Jimbo Jones death, but because uh, that thing was gruesome. Yes, it was. In, in not in part two, but uh, not not no. Uh, sexual abuse has no place in The Simpsons. Unless you're the Homer Batman episode, in which case it totally does and it works and it works beautifully. But that, that's another story for another day because it's not Treehouse. Uh, what else? Um, also deviated from the book because. Um, it yeah, had the sexual, to. Yeah, they had to. The sexual abuse gets more graphic and there's very uncomfortable moments there as well in the book. So, so the grandmother maggot thing could have actually happened in the book. Like, this is coming from somebody who's seen bits and bites of the TV movie. I, I don't see the book. Um, there's a preteen orgy in the book. Okay, no, thank you. Yeah, so just, uh, and you know, it's like, well, they agreed to it. It was consensual. I, I, get I that, don't but care. Guess what? There are some things that do not need to be graphically described and sex between minors is one of them. So there you go. On that note, I do want to say something overall, and then we're gonna go into the difference of how we're gonna be talking about this episode versus all the others. Um, 
I enjoy the fact that um, they obviously cast Krusty as the clown because who else would you cast? I really like the fact that stylistically they went with the more recent it interpretation. However, through performance, you got a kind of Tim Curry-esque reference revival there through the performance. So it was like combining the best of both interpretations. Um, then with the crusty spin as well, which I thought was really nice and clever way to do it. Now then, overall impressions, and then I'm going to tell you what's changing about how we're we're talking about this. Alrighty, so first of all, I, I just want to say before I give out like any sort of rating or anything like that, um, I think the X factor in this episode and what entirely determines uh, how much you enjoy it is how much did you enjoy it and how much did you enjoy Crusto? I'm a huge fan of one of those things. Uh, and that's going to uh, inform a lot of uh, a lot of what I praise about this and what I don't um, just based off of what I know and uh, that's pretty well lit. <laughs> um, overall impressions. It's pretty strong. I also I want to keep in mind this is a treehouse presents. This yeah, isn't it's... a treehouse, so there there's reasons for not having certain format things that yeah, we would no. normally you know critique. Yeah, we would normally critique. This isn't it. For, it's a for, for example, I would have marked this thing way down had it not had Kang and Kodos in it. If this was a Treehouse before it, this is a Treehouse Presents. It would have been fine. But they included Kang and Kodos. <laughs> do, do, do you have any idea how much I get pissed off now when I look back at any Halloween show that does not include Kang and Kodos in the sense? I know. It gets so pissed off. The, the, the times when you don't have to include the Thanksgiving of horror, Halloween of horror, and, and be fine with it. You know, you choose to include them, and it's great. Yeah. And then you get crap like freaking Trios 31 or something <laughs> like that where they don't show up, and it's awful. It's terrible. I'm sorry. I will. I will get back on topic. Lead away, Mary. I, uh, All right. I'll so cha my change in format. First and foremost is I'm loading with sugar throughout the recording of this. Yeah. So we'll see how that changes. I'm a third through, so we'll see what's going on. Second is instead of me kind of going break by break and you jumping in, I'm actually going to ask you questions. Okay, about this cool. episode to cool. get your Let's opinion on them. Yeah, so I'm going to ask Ooh. you some questions instead. Okay. So how do you feel about that? Um, well, uh, there are certain things that I will answer and certain things I will not. And uh, when we get <laughs> to the set questions, I will uh, give them the best answer I possibly can. It's going to be fun. All right, you ready to get going on this? Yeah, let's do this. Start, do this thing. Let's do this thing. All right, so I'm going to start off light with my questions. Okay. So there are quite a few Stephen King references. 
And when it opens to the town, we get like, you know, it's King Village or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But there's a few. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, you know, New England references and changing some of the things that we know to New England references. I wanted to know how you felt about such changes as, in particular, Lobster Lad. (laughs) <laughs> Lobster Lad was hilarious. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I have him. I have him in my notes. Lobster Lad. I wish we could see you more. Really? Yeah. No. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Lard Lad Donuts is absolutely fine, but I've also seen him a bunch. So to see that New England reference of Lobster Lad, which now I wish was put into um, the Homer versus Cthulhu opening. Uh, it, it, oh, it's great yeah. to see. It's great to see. Um, and how did you feel about the Kingfield chowder plant? <laughs> again, again, that was funny. I that one didn't get me nearly as hard as Lobster Lad did. <laughs> nearly as hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, boy! Okay. Hey, hey, hey! I'll put it to you. I'll put it to you like this. You know, the cha- the chowder plant is something you want to visit. Lobster lad is an institution. <laughs> uh, and how did you feel about the town's slogan? A great place to bury your kids. Well, okay. So, here's the funny thing. I'm glad you brought this up. Um. If there's one thing I can praise about this, it is the wall of missing children. I have a question for you about this later. Oh I do god. Have a but but yeah, no that. no. So so just the general apathy of these uh adults losing their kids. I I, I think it's a I think it's a great town slogan um <laughs> for a terrible terrible place. Yeah. Yeah, it's it should be noted that like Stephen King is known for all of his books are in the same universe. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a very like death heavy town in general. Now then. I'm going to back it up a little bit because I, I wanted to start off light, but I'm going to back it up. I'm going to ask you about the casting and to get the ball, ball yeah. rolling, how do you feel about? So we open with Barney. Um, Barney as the quintessential kid in the uh, yellow raincoat, quote unquote, playing in the gutter. <laughs> Have fun playing in the gutters. <laughs> this is fun to me. Awesome commentary there. I just, I I have to admit, awesome commentary with that exchange. So we're starting with like, and we'll get into more casting, obviously, but I kind of felt that is an iconic thing. Even if you haven't read it, haven't watched either it, you just know it from pop culture references. You know it from that. Kid, paper boat, yellow raincoat. You know that. You know that visual. So I wanted to ask about that casting. I see why they did it. Um, And given the fact that Barney is somewhat likable, 
I can definitely see why he would be a good fit, but he, he's far from the best fit. I think Barney, at least if you're going off of the canonicity of The Simpsons, as a child, Barney was a genius. Then he met Homer and Beer. Uh, and went very downhill very quickly. Um, I don't think Barney would be naive enough to get himself destroyed by Presto, but at the same time, I don't know who you cast in that spot other than potentially like a sideshow Mel, but even then. Yeah, well, the other issue is is um, in the source material, Yellow Jacket Kid and Homer's character are brothers. So you have to pick somebody who has that kind of a relationship with Homer. Yeah, which is Barney. Yeah. If you're not going to get if you're not going to get Danny DeVito to be Herb Powell and why would you for this? <laughs> um then yeah, no, Barney is Barney is a good choice. All right, now the missing posters. I want to know what your highlights are from that wall. Oh god. Okay, um from the original or from the 27 years later? Let's do both. Okay, so the so the original um I have got uh Apuna Hasapima pedal on. I've got Apuna Hasapima pedal on in both. Uh just because it gives the spelling of his last name. Um, Frank Grimes, uh, Timothy Lovejoy, Luann Van Houten, Cletus Buckler, Otto Mann, and Horatio McAllister. And it's also the one time in the original where I will reward uh, lazy detail and animation for the Sorry Smithers line when he puts <laughs> uh, when he puts Barney up on that wall. Yeah, because there's a little girl that is used three different times. One of them in perfect view of the camera that he could have picked. But no. No, 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 no. it's Smithers. <laughs> um, so I've got that. And then for my 27 years later, I got to be honest, the biggest highlight for me is uh, Nelson's old cronies, Wendell and Database being hit on that. Oh, yeah. Being hit on the wall. Um... I also, again, Millhouse being on that wall makes so much sense. Um, and somehow Apu is still in a very, very prime position where I'm drawn to him after 27 years. And it, it, it's it's hilarious to me. He, he's the kid. Apu is the kid who still gets put on the milk carton and still gets put on the trucks and yeah. everything. That's That's what Apu is. All right, moving along into the plot line. So a big, huge trope in Stephen King is the main characters get bullied. Major, major trope. If you don't know Stephen King, I guarantee you've heard jokes about this. Huge trope. The casting of the bullies. I was <laughs> curious. I'm really curious to know how you feel about this. I actually really like it. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so we've got super intense kid Chalmers. <laughs> I'm sorry, that made me laugh when I heard it. Um, and then um, Skinner as his lackey, which makes total sense in the Simpsons universe. And I love the fact that uh, you've got 
uh, Mr. Largo as this third wheel. I love the third wheel because there's somebody that, you know, Skinner can boss around at school and it's just going back into the canonicity. It just makes so much sense why Largo would stay there if he and Skinner were childhood friends. Given he hates his job, he half-asses his job all the time. It makes sense on multiple levels if he and Skinner are friends. This is true. This is quite true. Now then, we meet the Losers Club. Thoughts on the casting there? Oh, God. Um... I do want to I do want to highlight again another trope of Stephen King is uh token black guy and the token girl that that yes. must be Carl Carlson and Marge. Yeah. Um okay, so going to start off with uh got to start off with Homer because of course uh, Mo being a pseudo leader and the tough guy with the BB guns just makes so much sense. Um, Carl Carlson, I'm if yacht as token black. I don't know who you'd have as token black other than Apu and Hasapi and the Pedalon. Uh, I, I, th- I think that I think that would have been a good angle to play. Oh my god, you can't do that! I know, but it'd you be great. You cannot do that. What? You can't do uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Keep going. Um comic book guy. No. No. I'm gonna I have a very specific question about comic Artie book guys. Ziff. Artie Ziff. Is who it should have been? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, keep keep Mo. Um you know, either keep Carl or replace Carl with a Punas being pedal on for all I care. Or um, replace him with Dr. Hibbert. Oh, that would have been interesting. Hibbert. Yeah. But at the same time, I really like the way they used Hibbert, so I don't really want to. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's it's Hibbert. Can I say it is quite weird seeing Carl without Lenny? Yes. And quite weird seeing Lenny without Carl. Yeah. It's very strange. I'm, I have a bigger question about comic book guy, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, would you like some background on the source material for these characters? Of course. Um, <clears throat> so... The token girl. You have the Marge. token girl, obviously. Um, when they're younger, the the kind of chubbier kid is the one who has the crush and writes the poem. And she thinks that it's the leader of the group who who did hey, that. You swap out comic book guy for Mo? I think I, if memory serves, that's where it was supposed to be. Um, and then if they grow up, she ends up marrying an abusive asshole because apparently we have, uh, she must Which repeat the abuse. Be that she, she must repeat the abuse that she was getting from her father. And that whole plot line was eliminated here. So <laughs> there's reasons for that. Uh, so yeah, I thought you'd find that interesting. Carl 
is the one who grows up and stays there, becoming obsessed with the myth and everything. So very intelligent, but stunted because he never left. Um, I will admit that that character got a little more fleshed out in the double movie feature uh, that happened. But again, kind of still left to secondary fiddle to the other ones. Yeah. Uh, the crew's also a bit bigger. There's uh, one who... I want to put a trigger warning in, but we historically don't do trigger warnings. But there, there's one who does commit suicide, and that's what actually spawns the group to get together because he's so terrified of facing the clown again. Um, and so that all happens. Yeah, but, which no, you you can't do. Yeah, but that's the dynamic that was originally there. And then of course you've got like the tough kid, which is Mo, obviously. Obviously, um, I find it interesting that they've kind of rejigged the the group roles, not necessarily the casting, but the group roles, yeah. uh, which is fine, though. I don't have a problem with it. Like rejig them. That's all good. Um, yeah, I, I love your we're going to get to comic book guy later, but I absolutely love you being like, no. Yeah. Just flat no. no to comic book guy being there. No. Artie Ziff. Artie Ziff is who it should have been. I'm sorry. Now, there's not a lot I want to go through for this first half. Most of my questions happen to be in the second half because I'm I'm always curious about how you feel about uh, casting and everything. I need to ask you about a big part of casting and I think animation as well. Krusty as Cresto. Oh. Oh God. So if you if you look at not it, um, it's a parody of it and an exercise in animation of all the fun and exciting things you can do with Krusty the Clown. Uh, it feels like all the animation budget was filmed was like just thrown into Krusty at all times because you get uh you get a lot of the tropes of like season 20 plus animation in this like the dead eye simpsons and other things like that except with cresto because everything every movement is deliberate um and he just he just seems like the animators were having fun animating him just in general, and you can feel that in the energies, uh, not just with Dan Castellaneta's performance, which, by the way, spoiler, if you didn't know, I like Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> um, if you're joining you, us for the first time. Please note that Dan Castellaneta has won more voice actor MVPs than any other voice actor. And spoiler <laughs> alert, he's going to win this one. Um, but it just feels like Crusto, they're experimenting again. He can be delightfully off model and on model at the same time. Um, the way that he, the kids are traumatized, po except comic book guy, which Mo stopped immediately, um, are just so tastefully, distastefully done. It, it's all great. Um, the first time they defeat Cresto with the animation and the pain and you see the pain and the pain hurts. I mean, quite literally hurts. 
I, I, I just, I love the animation of Crusto. I love Crusto in general. He's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and a little bit on Crusto. So the whole concept is the clown is some weird alien spiritual thing, whatever. Um, but it, it feeds on your fear. So it tries to make your fears a reality. And I have to admit, they did do a nice job with um, kind of combining humor with the horrors. Um, I think one of the more iconic this is your fear thing is um, for the Marge character, the source material, I do believe, is the bathroom fills with blood. And with Marge, it's water that's squirting out of the flowers. <laughs> seltzer, sorry, squirting out of the flowers. Uh, so just I, I actually right really enjoy that because 27 years later, uh, Homer's line, she's a seltzer magnet. Marge yeah. is really the only one to overcome her fears. Yep. Like you could argue Mo with a puppet. Absolutely. But that wouldn't get me afraid of puppets. That'd get me afraid of clowns. Mm hmm. Uh, comic book guy, that's the point. Um, Carl, his his fear, like he he went over a pact is a pack. Sorry, guys. <laughs> as, they going, as, a, as they were going up into as they were going up into space, um, but his fear fueled him to become like this astronaut thing. But again, he doesn't really follow through and succeed in his expedition. Yeah. Um, so so really, it, Marge is the only one to overcome her fears. I, Which is actually and, played out in the source material as well. Yeah, and Homer, who is a world-famous virgin. Oh, yeah. I actually found that really funny, uh, considering what the book did. Because um, they're like, oh, we have to get rid of our innocence. Hence the preteen orgy that happens. I prefer the conquering fears interpretation that the movies have taken with that. Uh, personally. Uh, and not just because I don't like a minor orgy. <laughs> you don't? Uh, no. Like 99% of people? You don't? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Who would have dunk it all right are you okay with me skipping doing the time jump yeah skippity doo dah skippity day what just do don't leave out the pie death oh no i won't oh. i was actually about to ask you what do you think about the madcap massacre it's the pie death uh, it's I love, uh i love the pie death it is it is especially jimbo's pie death <laughs> It, get hit with a pie in the face so hard that it rips off your face to the point where we can see your eyes come out of your body and leave you a mess on the floor while Nelson, uh, Kearney, and Dolph get obliterated. It, it was bloody fantastic. Uh, what do you think about the intestinal <laughs> balloon animals? Yes! <laughs> Uh, it's 
I it's the perfect combination. It's the perfect morbid humor. It's not even a yes. combo. It's morbid humor. And it's just it's so well done. Yeah. Uh also I do want to highlight we have blood in this. Yay. Oh. oh, can you imagine if they did this without blood? I would be so pissed off. I know, right? So you touched on it. Carl is super successful and just goes, well, it's a pack's a packed and leaves uh, the spaceship as it's about to take off. Does leave them with a manual, though, about how to do his job. So, you know, kudos to Carl for being responsible with their work. You know, can't can't just leave people high and dry. The corporate world could learn something there. Uh, hey, all I'm saying is, man... <laughs> Carl gave up his dream to be a part of that pact. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, man. It's it's heavy. I want to know before we get into the uh, the elephant in the room that is comic book guy Marge. Not there, not there yet. Boo! Homer and Mo. And Homer Asmo. Oh, you're talking about Doe's Tavern? Yeah. Oh, God, I love Doe's Tavern. <laughs> yeah? Uh, okay, so... Um, first of all, Lenny and Mole Man. <laughs> because, you know, with, with, with Carl God, who else do you have? Oh, there's Mole Man. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, man, you're my best friend. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my god, it's is so, it weird? It's it's so weird. But okay, look, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If Homer ever opened up Doe's Tavern, I can believe that he would want Mole Man to be a regular. He loves <laughs> Mole Man. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the Barney Memorial behind the, the bar? The, the amount of time. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to Mole Man. The amount of times <laughs> uh, that, that Homer has shown just unmitigated love to Mole Man when Mole Man is uh, cosplayed as his kids. <laughs> I forgot about that. Cow, cow, bugga, dude. Homer, well, you should try it, Marge. It's like kissing a peanut. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so Barney Memorial, uh, of course, because of course, yeah. Now, Mo. As rock and roll. Here I am. (laughs) Rock you like a hurricane. (laughs) There is a combination of so many horrible things that went into making Mo that is just hilarious to me. Because there was that period of time where, like, ventriloquists were treated as, like, these, you know, offensive comedy rock stars and like the fame of cover bands and stuff like that like it's crazy it's it's fantastic i also want to touch on mo's anxieties i know we'll get there but mo having a baby that looks like mo yes (laughs) and it's actually a nice callback because i think that's the woman that uh, mo hired to be his bartender 
or his uh yeah his co-bartender when uh flaming mostakov yes i, I think, think you're that's right. the same I think one you're right uh, and i'm just noticing that now i'm like oh my god we've got continuity <laughs> all right um you have no much of you have no idea how big of a continuity whore I am for The Simpsons. You are such a continuity whore. I whore. know. You're such a continuity whore. So we're building up to like my major questions. All right. We're building up there. So we get to Marge and Comic Book Guy, which is a relationship built upon lies. Uh, oh. What do you think of the personality switch on Lisa and Bart? I actually thought it was a nice commentary. Yeah. Yardley Smith um, originally auditioned for Bart using the Lisa voice and Nancy Cartwright originally auditioned for Lisa using the Bart voice. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that that's why I enjoy it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I Like, other than if you don't know that, it'll be like, OK, sure, whatever. But if you don't know the history behind that, yeah. I I enjoy how you see kind of combos of the different costuming. So, yeah. sorry, I threw up a picture of them uh, just so I could see it. Uh, but like the shoes being swapped, um, the kind of Martin lookish look to Bart. The Bart, yeah. Uh, Lisa having longer hair that's kind of reminiscent of like the super OG Simpsons animation style. Like it's... Oh, the omens, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's really quite cool to me to see that. Now, this is a big question. So, and it's a few parts, so I'll I'll say it all. I want to know, I know overall how you feel about this relationship, but I want to know in detail how you feel about Marge and comic book guy, but also let's pretend they couldn't, because Artie Ziff is historically who it's supposed to be in continuity. Let's pretend they couldn't do Artie for whatever reason. To me, Mo is right there. And yeah. that's another continuity point. So I, how do you uh, feel about this kind of comic book guy Marge thing, given that there were other options as well? Because again, I know guy, you're a continuity whore. <laughs> comic book guy and Marge have zero chemistry. They have never had chemistry. And if you're doing it for the novelty of these two sharing a scene together, because it's very rarely done, uh, and I will give them that if you're looking for a new pairing and a new chemistry to try to do that, that's fine. But why do it here? Why do it at Treehouse Presents? They have absolutely zero chemistry, even when a uh, comic book guy grows up and is a dickhole uh, to Marge and the Seltzer Empire. Again, as you were saying, if you couldn't get Artie Ziff, who would have been absolutely perfect, um, there, there's, there are tons of better casting choices you could have had that would have been historically much more um, chemistry driven with Marge. As you said, Mo was right there. Mo could have been a dick to Midge. He easily could have been. Um, 
on top of that, there's a you could have gotten Jacques the bowling guy. I can't remember who voiced him off the top of my head. Oh um, my god! Oh yeah, call back, call back to season oh. one. Get get Jacques if you can't get. Oh, that would have been. Oh, we need. If you can't, we need Jacques in here at once. If you we can't need, get already, if you can't get already Ziff, get Jacques. You know why not? Um, let me see. Off the top of my head, who would be better? Um, I've got too much respect for that one. What the hell? Get somebody like Ricky Gervais or Pierce Brosnan. Oh, get the Pierce Brosnan has in here. Could you imagine if yeah. it was Pierce? Oh my God, that would have been brilliant. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I officially want to see this redone with either Pierce Brosnan or Jacques. Why can't we do yeah. Pierce Brosnan as Jacques' brother or something? Like, let's just put that yeah. all out there. That would have been brilliant. And so oh. different. Yeah. So, I, so different. If you can't get Artie Ziff, Then there there were a million better choices to have. I know Hank Azaria is a wonderful voice actor, but hell, there are tons upon tons of better choices you could have had. Oh, what think- the hell? What the hell? You have him in there anyway. Kang would have been about as good of a choice as comic book guy. <laughs> uh, I want to highlight something as we get to like the big final confrontation. Put in, okay a mis- with- put in Mr. Burns, for God's sakes. You <laughs> love Marge in the same way a comic book guy did, this stupid thing. And he lost Smithers. He would have had a reason. And then yeah. he could have had those undertones that Miri hates that would have been to the source material, you know? Uh, uh, See? Uh, but yeah, there were literally a million better choices. Than comic book guy. Yeah. So I want to highlight something. So we get to final confrontation, um, and they use Bart and Lisa as the bait uh, in this. What I want to highlight is the fact that Bart and Lisa are not Homer's kids. No, they aren't. Homer is a hundred percent invested in this rescue mission, in this final confrontation happening here. Um, which is honestly, it's the the bedrock of Marge and Homer when they're done well. It's we are a team. We're working towards the same thing. I'm going to make this happen for you, which is like the bedrock of when they're working. Because there were a couple seasons there where it was that yeah, wasn't that was we 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 call those the Scully years. We don't we don't, we, we we shouldn't talk about the Scully years. But like at is he upset that his crush went off and had kids with another dude to the point Absolutely. that it's like but is he being like screw those kids I'm not going to save them no he's not doing that he's no the the only person who's being like screw those kids is comic book guy who's their biological father yeah in this in this iteration so I want to know how you felt about that kind of maintaining of of Homer's personality so here's the thing. Um, I actually completely forgave. I would have completely forgave it if Homer was a little bit 
more apprehensive in saving uh, Bert and Lizzie. Yeah. So I think those were their names. From a characterization standpoint, screw Homer as a father. Like, this has got to be triggering to Homer as a child who saw his childhood friend go missing Mm -hmm. and does not want... And he, alongside, uh, I think, Mo and Carl in particular, do not want another kid to die. Yep. Above, Above all else, and seeing those two there as bait... Of course, he's going to do everything he can mm-hmm. because they are scared shitless. And Homer is the one who he's got nothing to lose. He's a world famous virgin. Um, <laughs> he's the one who's taking the lead on this. And, and it's, it's so good to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like screw my personal gripes. Screw what I think should have happened, what I wish had been. There's yeah. an issue here. And there there are resolved. kids in trouble. Yeah. There are kids who could die. I'm not going to let another kid die. Yep. Uh so yeah, I I thought that was nice that they kept that. I thought that yeah. was really nice. So before we talk about the big climax and everything and the horrors of the final confrontation and the death of the character that you you hate in this right now um i have to ask maggie is not there and i felt like is this a nod that it's just understood that maggie is always homer's kid absolutely and i wanted to know how you felt about that absolutely (laughs) that's that's that yeah that's how i feel Uh, absolutely um if you look at homer as a father the only person he desperately hasn't screwed up is maggie he he also hasn't tried the hardest with maggie but he has got a very very special bond with maggie that is carried throughout uh a great majority of these treehouse of horrors Mm -hmm. because with Maggie, he's he's a little bit more concerned. I go back to Treehouse 33, a.k.a. Oh, God, that was so good. But that little note of concern during the Pukadu Cal. I will go back to season four. Um, Maggie's first word is daddy versus Homer. Uh, and uh, season five, do it for her. Yeah. You know, I, if you want to take that as there's an unspoken rule that Maggie is always Homer's kid, I am completely behind it. It kind of invalidates Kang as Maggie's father, but. <laughs> Who voices but, uh, Kang again? I never remember. That's Harry Shear. Ah. Uh, Harry see, I, Shear feel, is Kang. I feel like that's just an inside joke at that point. Yeah. Harry Shear is Kang and um, Dan Castroneta is Kodos. See, again, though, I want to say Homer doesn't give up on Maggie in that one, though. No, he doesn't. Does not give up on Maggie. Maggie's no, he, he fights. He fights for Maggie. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's getting strangled. Yeah. Whether they're related or not, it's like Maggie is always his daughter. Yep. It does not matter. Uh, 
I also want to take this moment to be like, so Maggie's not here, but we all know why, because everything would have been resolved in three minutes if Maggie was. Yep. And then we wouldn't get this awesome, like, Dan Castellaneta performance as Cresto. Like, we wouldn't get that. So, you know, just, we we love Maggie, but we also recognize Maggie as magic. As proven by Treehouse I'm of Horror. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. times. I'm fine with that. So as we get into the final confrontation, there's some great animation. There's some great jokes. We're seeing that kind of back-to-back packed stuff going on. Um, and some great touchstones on like the fear and the horror of everything. This is where we get into Mo and the baby that you mentioned, obviously, which um, yeah. I mean, we both love. Uh, the big comic book guy reveal that like the poem that Marge had been holding on to as the bedrock of their relationship was not in fact written by him. And he had lied this entire time. I love the fact that Homer memorized that poem. Yeah. Like, it's this is why you want them to be together. Yeah. This right here is why you want them to be together. That's why it's so nice to see you know, them going back to being solid as a family and everything again. Uh, the go- the dead ghost children and everything going on. I want to know just overall, before we get into a certain death scene, what did you think of this whole final confrontation? I really wish Presto could have had more time to chew the scenery. The confrontation itself was great. Uh, and it really highlighted Crusto as a character. I'm a huge fan of the hybrid animation for Homer Spheres with the glove and then the hand growing like to... <laughs> um, huge, huge fan of that. Um, you know, the anxieties of particularly uh, Mo waking up with a kid who looks like Mo. Uh, the unresolved tweets... Oh my god, the unresolved tweets. Can I shout? I want to shout out the animation on those tweet birds. Yeah. I really want to shout that out because that was, it's simple but so effective. It was so well done. So. It really was. Now, my final question. My final, final question. Would you like to know what that is? Yep. What did you think of Comic Book Guy's death and any of the context surrounding it? Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense narratively why he would sacrifice himself, but... Yeah. Okay, yeah. when he finally got killed, how did you feel? So long, asswipe. <laughs> Holy crap! I thought I'm, you would have so, been happy I'm, he died. I'm sorry, there is uh there was zero chemistry between Marge and Comic Book Guy. But Comic Book Guy didn't do enough to make me hate him. He's just there and is mildly annoying. Homer was likable. Mo was likable. Carl didn't do enough until the a pact is a pact. Which I, I have to admit bit, is what the source yeah. material character feels like, which is unfortunate. Yep. But 
comic book guy, there's a huge indifference there, you know? Mm-hmm. Now we come to the end. Kang and Kodos going through the bookshelf of Stephen King. <laughs> Tommy knockers. Tommy knockers. Tommy knockers. <laughs> All right. Now that we've gotten to the end of my questions, is there anything I missed that you wanted to touch on? Okay. Let me actually go through my notes. I think we got everything. Oh. Um, other like than I'm prepared. Other than uh. Homer's apartment when he's getting the gang back together. I, I just thought, oh my God, it's a shout out to my apartments back when I worked in the government in 2019 to 2020. I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. Um, our kids, our phones. Now it's as personal. Uh, just now it's personal, just like it always was. <laughs> it's not you. Well, I tried to tell you, just not very hard. <laughs> Um, Homer's fist pump when he and Marge get together. I love it. Um, <clears throat> but I think we've gotten. Oh, the three on three. It's a fair fight. Let's run away. Yes. Oh, that was so um, Find your own secret knockout that doesn't realize her own self worth. <laughs> um,. Marge slapping Mo and Mo. Well, that's my finish now. Come on, slap me, anybody. <laughs> but yeah, no. Apart from a, apart from a few good lines, I, I think we've gotten everything. 